Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability and big savings you want get spectrum one just $49.99 a month for 12 months visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details offer subject to change valid for qualified residential customers only service not available in all areas restrictions apply the volume What's going on, Snaps family? Aaron Murray here, and no, T-Bob did not get the F-Boy haircut next to me. That is the film guy. The T-Bob, Brooks Austin joining us right now, a fan of the show, friend of the show. Uh, T-Bob was supposed to kind of get the nice fade, Brooks, before uh, or after a bet was was essentially lost. He's refusing to pay that debt. So after a wedding in May, oh, okay. so it's kind of like an ongoing running joke that he needs to, to 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 essentially pay his damn debts. You know, he promised he would get a cut once we got to a certain number of subscribers. We hit that number. The haircut was not done. So this is what T Bob would look like if he shaved his beard <laughs> and got the F boy haircut right there. The Why? Fun guy, aka the clean shaven, nice haircut T Bob. Why? Why the f boy? Like what? Because he calls mine the fuck boy haircut. Okay. When I get the fade, he calls it. The that fuck checks boy out. Fade. That's that yeah. checks out with him. That's why. Um, I you know the world was introduced to the Travis Kelsey fade uh, during Super Bowl week, which was a whole another gambit of a discussion mm-hmm. of all kind of different stuff. But yeah, man, I've been getting the high and tight fade. Um, as my grandfather called the high top. I've been getting the high top since like third grade so i grew it out once in college but we've been high and tight with fakers i can't do the facial hair um Mm. so yeah if i don't if i don't square off the top of my head i just look like a big circle already because i'm I'm naturally (laughs) you know chubby and cylindrical from the cheeks down so we we really got to square up the top it's a whole method man it is you gotta match i think i I gotta try I think I do think T would look good with the beard and the high and tight fade. I think he would look great. I know his wife and him are a little bit nervous before the Easter pictures and for the wedding, but uh, come this summer before SEC Media Days, T will be rocking that. Obviously, T Bob is not with us here today. He is at Mardi Gras enjoying himself. So do pray for his liver, his sanity, and anything that else that may get destroyed. Why he's in New Orleans, and also fingers crossed that he will be back with us. Come our live show on Thursday. Once again, is where we start the show. 
like, subscribe, all that great stuff. Hit that thumbs up button. Uh, go follow us on our new social channels at the volume sp- or volume snap, excuse me, on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, we just launched those last week, so appreciate everyone who has gone out there and given those a follow as we continue to grow here on the Snaps YouTube channel. We got Brooks with us, so we're going to dive a lot into Georgia. We're going to dive a lot into the SEC, have a little bit of a discussion about Dion and what he's building in Colorado for year two, but you are the guy when it comes to, to Georgia football. And I know you, you love to tell me you know everything. I know you know everything, but we're going to start with your bread and butter. You start with your bread and butter. Georgia, how are you feeling about just everything right now? Because it, it was a it was a weird feeling about a month ago, a little over a month ago. We were both down there in Miami, mm-hmm. and a lot of pissed off Georgia fans thinking that they should be in the playoffs and expectations are that expectations are championship. Did it did has any of the momentum been lost from the back-to-back national champs, or is it still the same hungry Georgia fans that we saw two, three years ago? Oh, you, you, you speaking from a fan base perspective. Yeah. Um, I think there has been a cooling off. There's been like, a, okay, we won those two. And, but now, now the, the way that in which hey, a three point loss kept you from a three peat that right there, I think kind of reinvigorated the fan base into back into like, no, Hey, we need to, we need to get back to our elite standards now, but I don't, Aaron, it was weird. I don't think there was any, any drop off, like, in terms of, hey, the fans showed up at the home games. The home slate this year was really – it wasn't great. Like, the, the only two really good games were Kentucky and Ole Miss. Like, that was really it. And and Missouri. You got Missouri at home. The, that was your three-headed monster of a quote-unquote home game slate. So, it wasn't like game day was in town, even though they did come into town that one time. And it rained all day long. So, I don't think there was any drop-off from a vibe. Like, like hey, they're not as hungry. I, I didn't necessarily feel that. Um, and you know, I'm a big metrics guy. The numbers on any of my platforms didn't say that either. Like we feel the off season drop off. I mean, look at it. Yeah. We can kind of see it. You feel that mm-hmm. that that's been per the, 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 the standard that we normally see in February. It just happened a little bit earlier this year because Georgia season didn't end January 10th. It ended December 4th, you know, yeah. within reality after the, the selection committee. Yeah, no, it, it, it T always says that. Georgia fans are now the, the new Alabama fans where they, they take it for granted. They're not appreciative of what they're witnessing on the football field, the play, the coaching, all that. And I, I don't know. I disagree. Like, I think that there is a sense of like we walk. I would say it's more confidence. They walk into the stadium believing that they're the biggest, baddest dude doesn't mean that they're complacent or they don't really care or that they, they you know, like this wine and cheese kind of fan base that kind of sipping back with their pinkies in the air, just hanging out here for the good time. Like there is that still to me, energy, excitement. And I think a little bit has to do with obviously Georgia and what they are and what Kirby's built. But I also think yeah. the fact that color football is changing with the playoffs, with the new conference, with Texas and Oklahoma joining. Like, man, the amount of times that I've talked to players through like the TPL stuff mm-hmm. that just say, dude, we are so freaking pumped yeah. to go to Austin to go to Tuscaloosa, to go to Oxford. So, like, I think if you're a Georgia fan or any, I mean, this is really all fans, and you look at, like, this new college football, I don't care if you're a a below 500 team, a 500 team, a championship contending team, college football next year is going to be freaking for everyone because every single weekend there's going to be so many damn good matchups. That that's true, and I think the the removal of divisions has created this. We went yep. through it last night. I mean, Georgia has 
five preseason top 25 football teams on the on the schedule going into the season. It's a neutral site against Clemson. Texas is a top five team. Bama's a top, mm-hmm. you know, eight, top 10 team. Tennessee's top 15. Ole Miss will be a top five preseason ranked football team. The schedule looks like it does now, I think in large part because there's no more divisions. But I think looking back on it now, like especially from 16 to what to, to 2023, right? I mean, Georgia hasn't had any of these murderers row in terms of, <clears throat> you know, you know, schedules because the SEC East really got decimated. Like, you know, Florida's down, South Carolina's down, Tennessee has now kind of come back to a 10-win program, it seems like. But, you know, prior to Georgia's kind of supremacy you're you're very familiar with this there used to be multiple seasons where you know since 2005 Georgia has had these top 25 five of them on the preseason rankings uh you know five times 2005 2008 13 14 and 16 Georgia had these quote-unquote murder row schedules well they they disappeared because Georgia became the standard in the east now we no longer have the east we merged the divisions and now mm-hmm. boom all of a sudden the schedule looks like murderers row so i think yeah. that's a large part of what really has happened to the schedules here but i think back to the fan discussion and the temperament of the fan base i think a good litmus test for this has always been spring games for me like mm-hmm. what does your spring game attendance look like you look at alabama spring games towards the end of nick saban's run like 5,000 people in the stands. They can't even figure out, you know, fill out the lower bowl. Last year, Georgia had some stadium renovations that closed off basically half of the stadium. I'll be very interested to see what the capacity looks like at the spring game this year. That, for me, is always like, oh, Mm -hmm. there's 85,000 people at a game that's a scrimmage. It's a glorified practice. Mm -hmm. That fan base is still very active and hungry for for their, uh, you know, football team and football program. That's always been my litmus test. Well, they just got to make sure it's not on Masters weekend. We did that a couple of times when I was in Georgia. Why are we scheduling a spring game on the same weekend as one of the greatest sporting events and the calendar year, which is the Masters in Augusta, about what two hours outside of Athens. So, hopefully, and then Kirby's a golfer; he knows really well the golf calendar, not to schedule it around the Masters time or the same weekend as the Masters. All right, so like big news that I, I gave a lot of people some some confidence heading into next year: Carson Beck back. Mm-hmm. What did you like? What did you not like from where you're one, and where do you kind of anticipate him? making that next stride like where where, where's the biggest gap as you break down the film each and every week where's the biggest gap that you believe he needs to improve on to take his game to another level to be a true Heisman contender to be that potential number one pick in the NFL draft to lead Georgia to a national championship what are those those areas of improvement yeah in terms of comfort and continuity I don't know if Carson Beck will ever have this type of stability like even the rest of his career, he's going to spend five years, right? Todd Bucket came into this uh, program in 2020. He's going to spend 2020, 21, 22, 23, and 24 in the same system from a terminology standpoint, from a how we operate standpoint. I don't think he'll ever get that. Like history of football tells us you're not even going to get that in the NFL ranks, no matter even where. Like Andy Reid's changed coordinators three times in the last four seasons. This just doesn't happen. So from a continuity and a comfort standpoint. But it's the same is, offense, though. It's, it's correct. Andy Reid's offense. It, it, it's Andy Reid's offense. It's but Andy again, that, that's the that's the example. That's the, rest yeah, that's of, the exception. I'm with you. That, the rest, that of, the rest of the league is just not, not there. Yeah. So like you're not going to have a, a a growth from a comfort standpoint. He's not going to suddenly know the offense better than he ever has. Like, it's mm-hmm. not going to see any growth there. The growth for me, and, and I think the growth for Carson is going to have to be from a confidence standpoint. Like, I, I want to see 
like what I saw at, in portions of your game against Kentucky where like, yeah, that window is really mm. tight, but I, I'm a guy. I'm 6'4". I'm 225 pounds. I'm as traitsy as anybody who's ever played it. I'm going to make that throw. I, I want to see him play on the verge of almost risk at times. Like <laughs> I felt I felt through times and critical games. He didn't have a lot of them last year, right? But when games got tight and windows got tight, I felt a hesitant, hesitancy in the confidence range and, and how he felt about his own skill set. I want to see a quarterback walk around like he drives a Lambo truck. Like, that's what I want to see. I want to see big Drake energy. I want to see, like, this dude knows he's a guy. He knows he's going to go out here and ball out. He knows he's a first-round caliber football player. That's where the growth is for me, for Carson. Like, walk out and play football like you know you're good at this. You know you're great at this because he is. Well, I wonder too, for from a pro perspective too, like that's why scouts kind of shy away a little bit from guys that have just played one year because there is yeah. there is a talent. Like you you can find talented guys all over the place. The game, and we saw it with Patrick this week. We we T Bob and I debated yesterday, like what makes Patrick now on the level of Tom Brady? It's 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 from the shoulders up. It's yeah. it's that confidence. It's that swagger. It's that leadership. It's it's all those things that just don't always come overnight that take time to develop. And sometimes it doesn't even happen most of the time in, in, in a single season. So you get a more veteran guy, a guy that's been through it, a guy that's been able to gain his confidence over a matter of, you know, 20 plus to 25, almost 30 games. Like yeah. that's why you come back for another year, because if it's straight based on talent, Carson is going to be one of the most talented quarterbacks in this year's draft. He's a top three or four talent quarterback. He would light up the combine. He would yeah. light up the pro day. It's it's all here, man. It's all up top. If he gains that confidence next year, and 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 to me, it's a mixture of confidence. It's also a mixture of of risk taking. And I I think I've said this before in here. A couple things. One, because him and I have talked about this. He watched a lot of Aaron Rodgers tape in the offseason. Yeah, and he was always very quick to see a linebacker drop, boom, check down. Mm -hmm. You know, see safeties, get off the hash, boom, check. Like, where, where, where's my, get the ball out now, get the ball out now, which is great. But at some point you do have to kind of say like, okay, I've seen it enough. I know yep. if I've seen enough film, I know if I give my guy a tick more second that, that yeah, that check down's there, but let me just give my guy a chance down the field real quick. And if it's not there, then I'll check it down. So I think it's a mixture of working on the timing with the foot, you know, essentially with his footwork as well. Yeah. And and just I think with the amount of reps and just playing more games, you start to understand the flow of each individual football game when your football team needs you to really push things like we mm -hmm. hey, we need to drive this car a lot faster right now. Like we need to go. Um, I think as you get older and you play more games at the position, like you have a better feel for these types of deals when they're happening in front of you. Like, hey. The other, our defense is having a bad day. We need to go. Or, hey, this is a third and 12. I need to hold this football and make sure, hey, if I have to put the ball at risk, that's fine. We need to extend this possession right now because we need to score. Yeah. Those types of things are things that you pick up more and you feel more comfortable and confident in those situations as you get older. That's just time. Well, he also had a lot of confidence last year when, when healthy, and this was the biggest issue for Georgia last year, which may be a good thing heading into this year because you learn how, how to essentially not play with these guys, uh, yeah, McConkey, Brock, and both of them were in and out of the lineup last year. Rosemary Jack Saint was a really good guy; had a nice touchdown in the in the in the Senior Bowl. He was, I would say, pretty darn consistent, at least the most consistent he's been in his career. But you're losing a lot of those playmakers. Who, in your mind, has to step up? Is it some oh. of the guys in the portal? Is it guys that are yeah. on the roster? Like Georgia's had issues with elite receiver consistent play 
consistent for for almost a decade now. Look at the roster right now. Like, if you talk about who do they need to step up, who do they need to have like like big seasons, or what what pieces are they are made available to them? Like, you immediately go to the transfer additions, right? It's like off rip. Hey, Ra Ra Thomas and Dominic Lovett need to have better seasons, and they they need to show growth from year one at Georgia to year two at Georgia. Those are both transfers. Hey, what is London Humphreys going to do? Is he going to compete for the Z spot? You know, it's a six foot three, two hundred pound freshman All American or All SEC freshman type guy coming in from Vanderbilt that that's not a homegrown product right hey Mm -hmm. what's Michael Jackson the third going to be from USC also a very different Z type receiver can kind of do it all Lincoln Riley used him as a as a yak guy gave him a lot of jets gave him a lot of screens gave him a lot of hey go run after the catch go run after when we give you the ball go make a play with your legs you got this Colby Young guy coming in from Miami. He's really like B-Max type of mold. You know this better than anybody, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Brian McClendon has a type. Brian McClendon loves 6'3", 200 plus. We all Look do. at everybody who's ever played for him. But, I mean, extremely him. This is a, a different example. Look at the guys that played for him during his first time at mm-hmm. Georgia. You're talking about Chris Durham's. You're talking about Massaquah. Before we even get into the A.J. Green discussions, Malcolm Mitchell's, Chris Conley's, all these guys are 6'3 plus. All these dudes were long. All right. This is the type of player that BMAC wants and needs and like wants to develop. Those are five names, Aaron, that are all transfer additions because they don't really have any more homegrown talents. You look at the roster right now and it's like, hey, Dylan Bell is really good. Great job there. Um, is Anthony Evans going to be good? We'll see. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of but him. The, I hear a lot yeah. of excitement about him. I, I do. I hear a lot of great things, but hey, that's two guys. And yep. hey, will Tyler Williams develop into something? We're talking about three or four years of of a track record of of recruiting on the on the, on the trail at this position that just has not bared fruit, and they have gone to the portal, and that's fine. And Kirby has always talked about, hey, that's what we're going to use the portal for. We're going to use it as band aid solutions, not core identity mm-hmm. traits. Mm-hmm. But man, like how, how many more times can we go into this and 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 not necessarily I'm not saying they've struck out on any of these guys, but they don't have the Jamison Williams uh Williams like success story. We brought this fourth fourth, you know, number four receiver from Ohio State and made him a first round draft pick. Georgia doesn't have that right now on the track record in the portal. Maybe it develops this year, but that's what well, they're banking on at the well. I think they're hoping I think the, the problem Brooks for the past what four three, four years is this offense has been built. Around the tight end position, I mean, Correct. look at like that's what's been built around. It's been around like okay, twelve personnel, thirteen personnel. How do we get Brock matched up? How do we use that chess piece? Uh, even a couple of years ago, it was it was you know not only Brock, but it was the running backs. How do we move like a yeah. guy like James Cook around and get him matched up? Like there were all these unique pieces, which made it really difficult for defenses, but kind of put the importance of the receiver in the background. It was like okay, guys, we can run right. the football. We can throw it to our tight ends, match up against linebackers and safeties. We can get our running back involved in the pass game. And then we're going to play great defense. We don't need the explosive receiver down the field because that's not who we are as an identity, as a football team. And I think now the defense will still be great, but the SEC is going to be better. You have to kind of adapt a little bit more. And I think you have now the quarterback that can be more explosive if he gets what we talked about earlier, some more of that confidence built into him. The eleven twelve discussion, I, I'm I'm with you in 2020 and in 2021, and and a little bit in 2022. Um, but Darnell's uh, you know hurt a little bit in, yep. during times of that, 
And last year, like I, I have the data, I actually got it recently because I made the same comments like, hey, you're 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 no longer a 12 team. And I got texts like, hey, buddy, we weren't a 12 team last year. We were in 11 personnel 72% of the time. Yeah. Like you're, they've, you're been, 11 they've been dependent, you're they've been dependent upon the receivers. I mean, that's still the big yeah. part. Like the, the, the I don't care what, what personnel group you're in. It could be 11, it could be 12, it could be 13. And for those that are listening, that 11 personnel is one tight end. Three receivers, twelve is is one or one one running back, two tight ends, two receivers, thirteen, three three tight ends. I don't care what personnel group you're in, the offense still the importance was how do we get Brock involved? How do we get Correct. Brock his touches? So Correct. the offense ran through him, where you're not going to get rid because I think they have some talent at the tight end position. Like I think Lawson's going to be pretty darn good. We've seen Oscar play really good. Pierce, you know, had a nice catch in the bowl game. Like they will get into those personnel groups, but I think a more eleven where the emphasis is not on involving the tight end, but involving Correct. the receivers is where you see this offense hopefully take that next step this year. I would think. Yeah, it's a, it's it's an eleven with no longer an emphasis on the tight end. You're correct. Personnel yes. packagings have not changed. The ideology of the offense definitely yes. has because you've now lost the greatest tight end in the like the history of the sport. Mm -hmm. I think we can argue. I mean, I I think there's a strong case for that. So yeah, that, right. that I think that goes without being said. But from a personnel packaging and formational standpoint, I don't think they change that much from no. a uh, you know what are they in? Yeah. Um, I, I want to get more SEC big picture here with you. Obviously, you know we hinted on it a little bit ago, but uh, everyone knows it's a new it's a new era, man. It, Texas, Oklahoma, jump into the SEC. You brought it up. No divisions. No more East and West. It is just a hey. Go out there, play, try to go out there and, and find a way to get to Atlanta. Top two teams record-wise will meet with a essentially a bye in the playoffs on the line. Uh, some of the contenders that jumped to my mind, obviously Georgia, Texas, Ole Miss, Alabama is going to be there, LSU. I'll, I'll ask you this first question and we'll get to the big boys. Is Are we missing Tennessee and Missouri on this one? I'm a little bit more high on Tennessee than T-Bob is. T-Bob's living Missouri. He thinks Missouri football is back and they're going to be yeah. you know, uh, grooving for the next few years. Where are you with those two kind of next tier ones? See, I, I like Mizzou. Um, now, I know they lost. A, a, they're going to lose a bunch defensively, um, but they've done a good job of not only not only recruiting, right? Williams Winery is going to probably start for them, I would imagine, as a true freshman this year, five-star defensive end. Um, but they've also done a good job in the portal, right? I mean, Darius Smith didn't pan out at Georgia. He might at Mizzou. Like, he, he might pan out. He's 6'6", 230 pounds, and he's an avatar. Like, he ran sub-50 seconds in the 400 in high school in South Georgia. Like, he's, he's a freak. So, they have a bunch of, you know, really, really talented football players, and, and most of the offense stayed intact. Um, you know, obviously, Brady Cook comes back. Luther Burden's still there. I think Theo Weiss is returning. I, I don't know the full extent of, uh, of all those things. So they have a full weaponry and, and, and continuity there. But I think the main loss, like I said, is they lost their defensive coordinator in mm -hmm. conference. That's always a big hit. Um, so I, I, I'm bullish on Mizzou. But, like, my thing is, and, and I made the comments about this when uh, uh, an unnamed booster gave $62 million to Eli Drinkowitz. Guys, Eli Drinkowitz was six and seven, six and seven, seven and five, 11 and two. 11 and two is the outlier there, not the other ones. Like, so can he repeat upon the success? I, I'm, I'm a believer, like, hey, 
do it twice and then I will confirm you. I'm not out here confirming this yet. Mm-hmm. Tennessee, Tennessee confirmed to me that they can still be a double digit win team with mediocre quarterback play with this system under Hypel. Mm-hmm. That is something I didn't think was going to be plausible. Like when, when we when we talked about Hypel and the hire coming from UCF into the conference, everybody starts talking about, oh, will this gimmick and will this trickeration work in terms of this spread offense and this fast pace and all this outside the numbers stuff? And everybody focused on the passing attack. Guys, this is a football program that's been, I think, top three in the in rushing in this conference for two straight years under Heupel. I think it's confirmed they're going to be able to run the football. And if you mm-hmm. can run the football in this conference, you can win football games. So mm-hmm. am I am I of the belief that they're in this upper tier? I don't necessarily know. We talked about it on our show, Aaron. I think there's four tiers of college football teams. There's the annual national title contenders. We wake up every August and we're like, hey, that team's going to be in the mix late. There's that group, right? And then there's tier two, which is, you can reasonably wrap your mind around them winning a national title, right? Ole Miss fits in this category this year. I think Missouri floats in this category this year, right? Maybe. You can make arguments about it, all right? So, And then there's tier three, which I call the Cam Newton tier, which is, hey, you're going to have to buy the best player in college football, which is available nowadays, and that guy's going to have to be a superhuman. And maybe, despite the fact that you don't have another NFL player on the entire roster like Auburn did that year, you can win a national title. Maybe mm-hmm. that's possible for you. And then there's tier four, which is no shot. I think when we talk about like who are the annual national title contenders right now in, the, in this conference, I only really can safely bring you two names, and that's Georgia and Texas, just because there's so many questions mm-hmm. right now about what Alabama's got going on. So I would float Alabama into that tier two where Ole Miss sits, where Missouri sits, where like when Florida gets it right, Florida can definitely win a national title. We're not out here marking that off for the rest of eternity. Um, and, and I think LSU firmly sits in this right now where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, LSU might be able to win a title. But in terms of guaranteed annual contenders, I think right now it's Alabama and it's Texas. Where's, where's, where's Oklahoma in the equation? Where, where's Oklahoma? O- Oklahoma's a, a firm tier two team for me. Like okay. they, they were they were a, a double digit win team in the Big 12 last year with a whole bunch of questions year two of Venables. And I saw a bunch of turnaround in the defensive performances because he got his hands out of that room and actually hired a coordinator. So um, that, that, that was a, a solid decision from him from a, a CEO perspective. I need to stop worrying about the defense. I need to start worrying about my entire program and the defense will improve thusly. I want to get to that discussion real quick, but before we jump into that, just say on the SEC real quick, you brought up Alabama not in that, that, that true contending team right now, Georgia, Texas, which is, I'm, I'm, I'm of that belief. I think Alabama's a nine and three football team next season, 10 and two at best. I said that this year and they held were a playoff team. So maybe I'm just dead ass wrong about Bama, but is it over? Is there enough left and is there enough juice to, to keep them contenders for the next decade? I'll tell you what, man, I don't like the idea of Kalen DeBoer being his own coordinator. Like the history of this is not, it's not great at all, Aaron. Like name, name me the head football coach who calls his own plays that wins national titles. I will wait. I will wait until you dig that name up. The last name to do it is Jimbo Fisher. And he had about 20 NFL football players on the field at Florida State when he did so. We saw what he ran it into the ground at Texas A&M trying to be his own play caller. We see what happens with Billy Napier at Florida trying to be his own play caller. We've seen what happened like RIP. Mike Leach was his own play caller and everybody Mm -hmm. loved it. But there were so many holes there. Lincoln Riley is his own play caller. But there's so many holes in that program that uh, would just remove them from gain, guaranteed national but, but, then, but, but then is Ole Miss out of the equation then with Lane? 
hey, like they're finally in it. They're, they they have yeah, a chance to win one. But if they don't, if they slip up and they fall, it will not be because of their offense. It will be because of something that was overlooked or mm-hmm. oversighted or just didn't get paid attention to because, hey, like Kyle, Sh- hey, we just got done watching the Super Bowl where the damn head coach who calls his own plays didn't know the overtime rules. Why? Because he was probably a little too consumed in calling his own plays. Mm-hmm. So, like, these are things, these are these are areas of oversight that we just pass by when we're so inundated with the third and four. Are we going to get into trips bunch and how are we going to get our, our best receiver open? Like, yeah, you you forgot to 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 manage your timeouts because of such, or mm-hmm. or yeah, you ran 10 guys out onto the punt team because of such, or or yeah, you gave up an explosive on the defensive side of the football because you busted a coverage and weren't paying attention to call a timeout. These are things that happen when you don't call your when you call your own place. Nick Saban does, did not call his own place. Kirby Smart does not call his own place. Ryan Day just hired a head coach to come do it for him because mm-hmm. he's finally over missing these things, right? Mm-hmm. Finally over not being wholly sound as a football program. I'm with it, man. It's it's it, it's always been hard to do both. I think it's going to be obviously even nowadays even harder with all the responsibilities of a head coach. So it will be interesting if he brings someone in or not, but just to compare the two, because we we've we've had this debate for, for a couple of weeks now. And this was before obviously the move of you know Grubb going back to Seattle to go be the the OC of the Seahawks. But comparing, like, it's it's tier one Georgia, and Georgia's kind of the top of the mountain there, just focusing on the SEC as a whole here. Then it was like the debate of, okay, is it Texas coming in with Sarkin success, or is it still Alabama and all that that talent with Kalen DeBoer coming from Washington? Does it not concern you that DeBoer won in Washington over Texas, a Texas team that has probably more talent than what Washington had? You know, and that, two years, being two years in a row. It's being two years is, in a row. There is zero doubt in my mind about Kalen DeBoer, the football coach. I mean, I think that that has been proven. Like he has beaten, he has beaten football teams over and over again that were more talented than him. He beat Oregon twice this year. I don't think there's any question that Oregon was a more talented football team than him. He beat Texas this year. I don't think there was any doubt that Texas was the more talented football team. Mm-hmm. So from a is this guy a good football coach? They hired the best football coach. The question in this conference has always been. Can you recruit? And like, even though he wanted a rate that he did, he wanted a rate that he did and recruited at a top 50 level at Washington. Like, I don't care how good of a football coach you are. The history of this conference says you kind of have to recruit really, really well. Mm -hmm. Like you got to go out and do it. Like, I think the, the, the threshold of this we just saw was Michigan. Michigan has not recruited inside the top seven, I think, since Jim Harbaugh was there. I don't think he ever cracked like a top five roster or a top three roster. But there is no doubt in my mind that Michigan coached circles around really great football teams Mm -hmm. for a large portion of this season on their way to a national title. So is he a great football coach? Yes. Um, Can he overcome talent discrepancies? Yeah, he's got a history of doing that. But Let's not bank on that. Let's let's bank on like, hey, we're we're Alabama. We have one of the best five hour recruiting radiuses in the sport. Mm-hmm. Like you draw a five hour radius around the the Tuscaloosa, Alabama, you can get everywhere. You can get to Mobile. You can get to Louisiana. You can get to, to all of Mississippi. You can get to Atlanta. You can get up to mm-hmm. Memphis. Like you have the proximity to talent. There is no doubt about it. My my question with the the hire has always been like everybody else, and it's a cookie cutter answer. How was he going to recruit? 
I know he's a great football coach. The history of this conference says you have to recruit in the top seven or top. But it's five. a lot it's easier to recruit to Tuscaloosa as you just talked about than Hell it is yeah. to recruit to Hell Washington. Yeah. Completely yeah. different. So I don't want to just be like, oh, he he hasn't had this top twenty, top twenty five class, so he can't do it. Well, he hasn't had really the resources or even the time at Washington to build the reputation to be able to do it. He's at a lot easier place, as you alluded to, to recruit top-tier talent. They got the facilities. They got the buy-in. I think they're working on the NIL piece a little bit. They took for granted because of Nick Saban. That's kind of the, the, the next you know piece of the puzzle that has to get plugged in for the Alabama and Kalen DeBoer to keep that train moving. All right, we're going to take a quick break, bring in our sponsors from DraftKings on the other side. Talk a little Dion, Colorado, in year two right after this. Get in on the action with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Check this out, guys. If you're a new customer, use the promo code TBOB, T-B-O-B. You deposit $5 or more, you get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000, which if you lose, you'll get that money back in bonus bets, okay? So for me, South Louisiana, I'm a massive Pelicans fan. The birds are hot right now. I'm playing props. I'm betting lines. But the point is, I'm supporting the birds. Look, you bet however you see fit. Your favorite NBA team, your favorite trends. It's all there for you. The place to play is at the DraftKings Sportsbook. So download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code TBOB, T-B-O-B, and new customers get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 if your first bet loses. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBOB. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools, showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting edge tech products, are pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. 
They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, that beautiful face. Man, I just keep envisioning it with your haircut. And I was about to say. Phenomenal. Murray, when y'all do this, if he ever, you know, stops being a coward and mans up to his own bets, um, when y'all do this, y'all can't send him to no Joe Schmo barber. You got to send him to one of them Instagram barbers that puts, like, the, the lights out and breaks out the straight razor, douses him down with alcohol swab. He, he wears the black oh my God. Gloves. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Pop, he pops it. And, and like I'm saying, he's got he's got to be on Instagram. He's got to be one of these guys. I know, he's close to New Orleans. I yeah. guarantee you there is some absolute skilled barbers out there i want mans to come out looking like a totally different human i want mans I to come out looking like he just spent 10 years have somewhere you seen else. a picture of t-bob you know I mean? with a buzz cut and shave shave cheeks Whew. no i i'm unfamiliar with t-bob's game other than the the i don't know the the lumberjack i guess we're yeah, calling that that's the, big, the, big, the big, old, big old lumberjack yeah yeah and uh, oof, yeah he can party that's all i know about him that's about it all right, we appreciate Brooks Austin joining us right now for the show, taking over from my boy T. Um, before we let you go, Dion, year two, great, great article in The Athletic, kind of breaking down position by position, even the coaching staff, what's returned, what have they done in the portal, uh, what are the pieces that that have come back this season, moving to an easier conference. I think we can all agree the Pac-12 exceeded all expectations this year. Four wins, hot start. Very, very, very fast drop off when they start playing some of the bigger boys there out west. You move to kind of that next tier below conference uh, behind, I don't know, I guess you put them in the same, same categories that you see somewhat there in the Big 12. Where do you anticipate? Do you like his, I mean, first off, like, do you like Dion? And, and, and do you think what he can do can see massive improvements in year two? Um, as someone who talks college football content, I love Dion. Um, yeah. But you forgot the biggest addition. Uh, they brought back the prime cleats and the prime uh, shoes. You, for, you forgot that um, in the additions during the offseason. Also, Shadur uh, went out there and did some Fashion Nova stuff out there in Paris. So you forgot all mm. the good stuff mm. during the offseason. But here's my thing about this. Um, 
I, I, I'm a fan of consistency as long as you have a plan and you execute it consistently, like, and you don't waver from it. I'm, I'm normally good as long as I can quantify it. And he's been very consistent. It's been very obvious. We're turning over the roster and we're going to turn over the roster that we turned over. I think that's been the underreported part of this. He's been taking stabs at the portal, but not every single stab has been a hit. He has been siphoning through a lot of these players as well. Not a lot, but a, a, a substantial mm -hmm. portion of these players. And that's fine. We're trying to get better players into a program that did not have good ones. I understand that principle. Here's my question. When we're constantly bringing in new bodies and we're constantly bringing in new faces and we're constantly changing the identity of our roster, then we're probably going to be dependent upon coaching a lot more than other pro pro programs because we don't depend on continuity around here. It's not familiarity. You don't know the system because you've been here a long time. You know the system because the coach implemented it really, really well. And that would be great. That's fine. As long as we have consistency and no, and we don't have tremendous amount of turnover on the coaching staff, which, as you alluded to, is not exactly the case. They've had mm -hmm. pretty consistent turnover on the coaching staff as well. So we have all of these changing body parts and all these changing identities. And I don't know the caliber of football coach that Dion is. I know the caliber of CEO. I know the caliber, caliber, uh, caliber of marketer. I know the caliber, uh, caliber of motivator that he is. I, I don't know because I don't have a background of it. Like, hey, how good of an X's and O's coach is Deion Sanders when all of the things around him are changing? Can he walk into the room and say, hey, I know the OC I just got rid of, demoted and, and brought in a new one. Hey, it's all good. I'm going to take over the room today and implement these concepts. I'm not mm -hmm. saying you have to be able to do that. I'm just saying it would be really, really a lot easier to just depend upon consistency mm -hmm. somewhere there's no consistency anywhere. You you talked about going into an easier conference from a top-end perspective, but the Big 12 is historically rock-fighting one another every mm -hmm. single week. Like They are taking each other into the alley and just figuring out who's the better 7-5 and five football team today. That's what they do. And if I look at the schedule, I see three guaranteed wins, and I don't feel good, great about some of them. North Dakota State, I hope you get that one, Dion. You better get that one. Colorado State, you better get that one again. Cincy later in the year, based off what Cincy did year one in the Big 12, you better get that one. And then the rest of the schedule, I, to a man right now, Aaron Murray, is Colorado guaranteed to beat Nebraska? Is Colorado, no. is Colorado guaranteed to beat Baylor? Baylor had a bad mm -hmm. year last year, but Dave Aranda ain't no slappy. At UCF, is that a guaranteed mm -hmm. win in Gus Malzahn year two? K-State, Arizona, Texas Tech, Utah, Kansas, Oklahoma State. I got nine throw like flip a coin are y'all well, that, that's it. i mean we say it's like the next tier down but like they're all in the same level though like Very they're all like so. it, they're they're all the same it's it's, it's yes. it is it is going to be most likely a very competitive season if you're a Big 12 fan. You may not get yes. the love you may not get the primetime games that the Big 10 gets that the SEC gets but you're gonna get really good football because you are very similar with the makeup of coach. You're very similar with the makeup of the student athlete. They are the athlete on the roster that, yeah, like we could sell. We want that like Colorado returns Shadur, who could be a first rounder. They return maybe the best athlete in Travis in, in, in the country. They've improved the offensive line. They've, they have all these skill guys, but are they truly that much more skilled than these other rosters? Mm. I, I, I wouldn't, Go out there and say like it's an SEC roster. I wouldn't say it's a Big Ten elite roster. It's a big, it's a really good Big Twelve roster, but yeah. a really good Big Twelve roster could still be a six and six, seven and five team like you alluded. So they will the be way, they will be good. better than they were last year. I, I, I will give them that. It's I will a, be shocked a, if they're not a if they're not a bowl team. 
it's a really good Big 12 roster that is com- like comprised of really good Big 12 players that they've taken off of other Big 12 rosters. Mm-hmm. I think I got like five guys from Houston. You know what I mean? Like they 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 have gone through and kind of siphoned through all of the mid-majors and all of the really good other non-Big 10 and SEC teams and they've kind of grabbed players off. Will Shepard is a prime example of this mm-hmm. from Vanderbilt, right? Like that's a great receiver. He was an NFL yep. caliber receiver. He's now at Colorado. Well, he's got six months to figure it out really quickly. Okay. And that's fine. He's a great football player. He might be able to do so. Um uh, but yeah it's 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 a Vanderbilt. He'll be fine. He's a Vanderbilt yeah. He'll be fine. He's smart. Yeah. Well you, smart. you also do you, you you amass so much talent where you feel like you you can do less with more. I mean, that's what we did for so long. That's what Alabama did for so long. You just, you have so much more talent. You don't have to make it complex. You can just kind of line up and just play football. And I think Dion's kind of getting to the point already in year two, which is a little bit scary that like, hey, I just, I got the dudes and I got my son at quarterback. That's all I need. Watch me go out there. And if he has protection, we're going to be just, just, just. I just, I just know the back end of this slate. Oh yeah. I mean, oh my God, <laughs> you're signing up for fist fights week in and week out. Listen to that. What is, what is, what I don't know what, what does I don't he know get what to Arizona's going to be. What does he like, need to do in your opinion? Year two. To get your son, three, get your son into the first round. That that's the goal. Get your son into the first round. Uh, get Shiloh drafted as well. Have a great time with Travis Hunter, who he calls his nephew. Get everybody into the first round, and then figure out what the coaching career of Prime looks like. That. It's been very, Aaron. There is no long term plan in Colorado. There has been no, a no, no, I agree. But like for a Colorado fan, like, what, what, what should a Colorado fan deem as successful? Clint Moses says five or six wins. I, I would say dude, six or seven. You've had your success if you're a Colorado football player or fan. You, you did the whole hire was to make you like have notoriety in the world of college football. You got that year one when Big Noon Kickoff spent seven weeks in a row at your place when college football game day came to you. Like, the the whole goal of hiring Dion has already been accomplished. Whether or not you are a a, a nine win football program, you got to translate that into wins. You got to translate that into wins. So hype got yeah you, over over four now over four wins. years. You you can't as a Colorado football fan. I don't believe it is reasonable for you to believe you can be zero and twelve in twenty twenty one, and then in twenty twenty four to be competing for national title or to have won 10 games. I'm like, not that's, saying that's, that's true. I'm saying, I'm saying bowl. I think bowl is, yeah, bowl, is bowl. Yes. yes. Six wins. That's all I'm saying. Six wins. Six, seven Easy. Wins. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You get, you get to a bowl. You're happy. That, yes. that is, that is a goal. But if you're a Colorado football fan out here thinking you about to win 10 games, hold on, mm-hmm. Bubba. Let's whoa. Mm-hmm. Easy. That's mm-hmm. like Utah, that conference. All right. Oh, we've spent, Taking too much of your time. That is Brooks Austin, the film guy. Make sure you go follow him. Has a great YouTube channel. He does shows Monday, Tuesday, Thursday in the offseason as well. Go check him out. Really, really good stuff. And then on the socials as well, I'm guessing at the film guy and all the, the handles or Brooks. It's it's at Brooks Austin BA. That's but hey, we, we got to talk about something before we leave. Um, April, dog, you needed. I, I, I want to let the whole world know. I didn't know if we were ready to know. tease it out yet or not. I didn't know if you want to tease it out yet I mean, or not. I, I was, I, you know, we got we got merging fan bases. So when you drop that we're going to do something in April on here on Snaps, guess who gets messaged really, really quickly? Where did I drop you already that? circled a date. Where, where hey, does that drop look, that? Hey, remember, remember the takes that come out on the microphone. That's all I'm saying, dog. So I thought it was funny. That like uh, we had we a had previous show a we previous had a show. we yeah we had a temporary uh-huh. date set for February and then mm-hmm. on a previous sh- show of snaps I get sent a clip of a former NFL football player the all time leading passer in the SEC telling his audience base that he needs two months to prepare and train. 
for a big I fat kid months. that can throw a ball. You need two months to train for what? For you what? Have to understand. You have to understand, Brooks. You have nothing to lose. You have zero to lose. You could go out there and suck and no one's going to care. Well, if I, I go out there and I look like crap, that. that's a problem. So I do need the two months to make sure that I, you know, got a little juice left in that wing. Get you two months, baby. We'll see you. <laughs> you get a workout in right. I'm gonna go play fetch with the dogs, loosen up, go get a workout in right now. You name dropped on me in Miami who you were playing catch with, and I don't even got to expose you right now, but you was uh, out here yeah. playing catch with former I was, MLB I was, I, was, I was I was with Lorenzo Carter the other day, um, doing something for ESP, and he had an NFL football, and I was throwing it. And I was like, I need to tell Brooks we ain't throwing an NFL football when we're doing this throw off. Oh, what you mean? No, no, we're throwing the college football. We're throwing the college football. Buddy, the more and more we talk about this, the more and more I'm already mentally marketing this a dub. Just already. No NFL ball. What you talking about? Hustling them. All right. Well, that's another edition of Snaps. Appreciate everyone jumping in live. We'll be back with T on, hopefully, T Bob on Thursday. If he's not, uh, if he's still alive there in Mardi Gras in New Orleans. I'll be back Thursday. We'll have some content coming out tomorrow as always. Like, subscribe, go follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the volume snaps. And we will see you live on Thursday. Have a great one, everyone. The Volume. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.